This is a podcast from Rover. But first up on the program today, we're going to talk truffles and uh, looking forward to this one because I had a chat with our next guest. It was probably a good couple of years ago now from Tresillian Truffles, Lisa Williams. And uh, Lisa, lovely to have you back on the show. How are you doing? Yeah, no, great. Thanks, Dom. And it's great to be back and talking truffles yet again at the end of the season. So exciting time. Absolutely. Now, the end of the season for what particular variety? What are the ones that, uh, that, that you're most known for in the Canterbury region? So we solely just do white Bianchetto truffles, or otherwise known as tuba borky. And so, yeah, solely white truffles is what we do here in our property. I was reading um, about the problems that your North Island counterparts are having with all the heavy rainfall, and uh, it's made that a very, very challenging truffle season uh, for a number of, uh, of of people around uh, there, particularly around Bay of Plenty and places like that. Uh, you'll be aware of what's going on there? Yes, we do talk. There's no question about that. Yes, they have had a horrendous time up here in regards to the rain and just how that has affected their truffles. We haven't been affected to the same extent down here, and but a lot of it's to do with the El Nina. So we had, obviously, the same El Nina pattern last year, and last year I was expecting to have really high yields. However, with the El Nina, that meant that our trees weren't stressed at all, so they had rain all through the summer months, so to speak. And so when it came to harvesting last year, we only got half the harvest that we were predicting, and that was solely to do with our Nina. So this year with our Nina, I was expecting to have harvest down uh, because the trees obviously weren't being stressed. So just to clarify for people, the more we stress the trees, the harder the, the tree sends a message basically to the truffle, and which is the fungi that's growing on the root of the tree, and it says, I need help to grow. So the more we stress it, the more the truffle has to actually work to support the tree. This year, I was expecting we'll have the same sort of yields that we had last year. It was the same. We did have slightly larger and more consistent size truffles this year. But where we came unstuck, unlike last year, because we didn't have the rain to the same extent this year, we've ended up having our rain at night, which is fine, followed by frost all in the same 12 hours and that's been our challenge so I'm not sure if the guys up in the North Island have had the same issues with the frost and the rain happening on the same night but that's been my challenge for me here. There was a story recently with Maureen and Colin Bins of Tapuki Truffles and uh, they've just wrapped up their harvest you might have mentioned to me off here that you may have known these these uh, these people oh, Yes, no, um, Maureen's hooked up with the New Zealand Truffle Association, like all like people who are wanting to do truffles, get, and being involved with the New Zealand Truffle Association is definitely a good way and a place to start because you actually find out most of your information and people most readily available to share the information about truffles as well. Uh, what I have talked to is some people who have done a lot of truffling up there in the North Island this season and very experienced truffling people and they reckon it is the worst season that they have seen in the last 14 years. Wow. And it's solely because that ground is completely... Um, it's just sodden, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely... It's that saturation point. It can't take on anything else. And you've got to remember that, like for white and keto truffles, 
80% of that is made up of water. So just think of it like a lettuce, 80% water, 20% fibre. So if that is, doesn't get a time to breathe, it is just going to rot in the ground, unfortunately. However, there's not, yes, it means you're not going to have them for um, quality truffles for harvesting for this particular season, but it also means it's not the end of the world because those truffles can then uh, rot down into the ground. That then encourages more mycorrhization to happen in the soil. Therefore, the following season, you'll end up hopefully with more truffles because you've got more mycorrhization ha- actually happening in the soil. And that's definitely what we're finding here. Yeah, if they start to rot and they can't be uh, utilised for the current season, then hopefully the aim is that they'll, um, you know, sort of do their thing underground and produce better ones for the next season. That's kind of that in a nutshell. Absolutely, absolutely. And, like, what people... I mean, what we do here on Air Truffle Year is... I have to harvest everything because if I don't, if I like know that it's not good for like consumer, if I still leave it sitting in the truck a year, my dogs will just keep going back to that same spot over and over again. Right. And so I take everything as I harvest. I take absolutely everything out as we go. And I'm just very fortunate that this our dog. She only indicates on truffles that are ripe, so we just keep taking ripe stuff out each time. So. What we do, though, is anything that is not up to grade for consumer, I then have it as my inoculum for the following year. And so what I mean for that is that I make a slurry with the uh, overripe truffles. So, And I'm very high-tech. I don't know if I told you this last time. Mm. But we only do really things by the most complicated way possible. And I will share my secrets with everyone. Process it out on my kitchen bench. I get my leftover truffles. I put it in the food processor with water and some vermiculite. I blast it in the food processor, put it into a bucket, water it down, and I take it out into the truffle air. I then go out and I dig a hole, break the roots, like cut the roots of the tree, and I soup ladle my slurry into the hole and cover it up and walk away. So we did that two years ago to every second tree in our truffle year. Mm. And this year, if you can visualise a seam of gold going through the soil, yeah, that is what I have got with microization going through the truffle year at the moment. Wow. So I believe next season we are going to have an amazing season because we've got basically it's an inch thick of microization going through the truck year from roots to roots and as we've had people coming through doing the truffle hunts with us they've been as gobsmacked as what I've been and I'll just kind of think like we'll find some we'll find some and then all of a sudden we'll just hit a seam of microization which is really cool I know it's microization because the dogs are showing a lot of interest in those particular areas and I think it's interesting too that it's ended up going from where I've ladled the micro, like the slurry, into the hole, it's gone from a hole out into the a full line following the roots of the tree. So for next year, because this year was an our Nina, and as all oh, people know at the moment who follow the weather, we're supposed to be coming into an our Nino, 
And for us, that means it's going to be really hot and really dry. And the more I can stress my trees, obviously the better my truffles are going to be. So I'm suspecting this season, this coming season, we're going to have a really good truffle season. Wow, so you're you're basically creating your own sort of truffle fertiliser in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, that is one way to... Basically, we're fast-forwarding nature. Instead of the insects and, um, like, my rabbits and the pheasants and that spreading, spreading the microization throughout the truffle year, we're just doing it manually as well. What are the main truffles that we grow in New Zealand, the main variety? Because there's one that's overwhelmingly more uh, readily available than others in New Zealand, right? Oh, absolutely. So... Yeah, Malasporum, your pure gold black. Yes. Um, that is the number one that is easily accessible here in New Zealand. And there's several truffy years have specialised in just doing the Malasporum going because in the hier- the hierarchy of truffles is you go Magnatum, which is the white truffle based in Italy. Mm-hmm. you go Perigold Black, the Malasporum. Then you would go Zinketo, the white tuber borky, which we have. Then you would go Burgundy. Now, your Burgundy is the summer truffle. So that comes around. Often you'll see it on restaurants uh, around Christmas, New Year, because that's when it's coming into its peak, especially here in Canterbury. Uh, the Malasporum and tuber borky, they are winter truffles. So I would say that they don't usually start ripening until June. June and July are your peak times for getting your truffles. Right, okay, okay. We need to have frost to bring out the flavour and the aroma of the truffles. And so I usually wait until we have at least six really good frost to ensure that we've got good tasting truffles for our customers. The whole mistake that goes with truffles, I mean, it's such a young industry and everybody's just learning as they go, so to speak. I mean, I've got people coming in today. They're from the North Island wanting to find out more about truffles. They're clearly growing them, wanting to know what I know. And so I'm happy to to grow an industry. You have to share information. And that's why several people come and knock on air doors. I'll open book. I'll share as much information as what I've got. At what works for me doesn't necessarily work for the next truffle grub, but I mean, it's all about sharing information. Like, for example, we need to have the frost to ripen the truffles, but we've had all this rain at the same time. So we've had rain and then we've had frost at the same time on the same night. So the frost has made my white ones uh, have a little bit of a blemish, and then that allows the rain to come in, and that's what will perish the truffles faster than anything else. So we've learnt that more so this year. So that's been our big learning curve this year. Uh, last year it was like El Nino, it reduced our yield. Um, the year before we had an El Nino and I've got to put the water on and stress them. We got large truffles but we didn't get the weight. So this El Nino, uh, El Nino that's coming now, I now know when I need to put my water on I've got one large truffles and two with decent weights with them. So it's a little bit of science, but like I say, we are very high tech, not, and <laughs> it is the best scientific experiment 
and I just laugh and just say, yep, we've had a drought and we stretched the trees and we trimmed the trees and all those sorts of things. Now, do you use you use dogs you mentioned earlier? Do you use pigs as well? No, because I like to keep my fingers dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could get quite interesting, couldn't it? Uh, well, Bethany, she's just decided that she quite likes truffles now, and so we have a bit of a, um, a deal. She she gets treats instead of eating truffles, but sometimes she'll get the odd expensive treat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I... The thing with the pigs is if you go over to Italy, you'll see that they have lost their thumb at their knuckle, uh, their forefinger at the uh, lower knuckle, and their middle finger at the top knuckle on both hands. Oh, God. You know that those guys are your traditional truffalos. They've used pigs, and because your fingers are the same consistency as that of a carrot, Chomp off those your finger. So I like to keep my fingers. So that's why we use dogs. Yeah, well, makes sense. Type of dog as well. It doesn't have to be a particular breed. I think this needs to be a dog with brains and has a, just a natural ability in wanting to find things is the way to go. Wow. And Lisa, in terms of uh, people that come and visit, obviously, uh, you know, I imagine do chefs come around and do you also export and uh, that sort of thing? Like, where does the produce actually go to? Well, this year we've ended up going, getting back into Auckland again. Last year we didn't do Auckland because of the currying and because the shelf life is just so short with white. So as soon as the white truffle comes out of the ground... I believe it needs to be used within seven days. Mm-hmm. So it's a short shelf life. So we've got it back into Auckland market, but ironically, the best market that we've got at the moment is Japan. We're just starting getting into China, and next year we'll be into Korea. And the irony of it is, is that we can get the product out of the ground and over to those countries all within um, 18 hours. And wow which is just phenomenal. So our chefs over there, the Michelin star chefs, they've actually come and visited us this year and they really love our product. They are comparing it to that of the Magnatum that comes out of Italy. Now, these guys are so experienced in using truffles. You just have to go with what they say. But no, they're loving the flavour and they're loving the aroma. And the only thing that I can come up with that is that the flavour and aroma, I kind of compare it to that of wine in the sense of it's all about our environment and our soils, and that's what's giving us the flavour for our truffles going forward from there. So, yes, and I will have Michelin star chefs come out and do truffle hunts with us. We have uh, just people on holiday coming through. We have a lot of New Zealanders coming through just wanting to do a truffle experience. I think what sets us apart from other truffle places is I let people dig for your own truffles. So you come out, I'll talk to you about what's happening in the truffle year, how all the truffles and that grow, but you get to actually dig and find the truffles yourself with best. Wonderful. Most people are absolutely loving going forward and that's what has given us the tourism award with uh, the Salwyn District Council as well, which we got awarded on Saturday night. So we got silver for the tourism. Oh, well done. Congratulations. That's fantastic. So, and uh, the sil- silver award and the uh, and the tourism awards. Yes. So that was a bit of a coup for us. Just 
our little business sitting here against all the big resorts and things like that. So, yeah, no, it was, yeah, a new thing for us. Oh, congratulations. That's uh, that's a real feather in the cap. Is it true when you say you can basically get the truffles to uh, those Asian markets quicker than you could get them to Auckland? Is that basically what you're saying? Um, yes. Would you like me to enlighten you on my experience getting things to Auckland? Yeah, go on. On the courier for overnight delivery, and I got on the Monday, and so they should be at the chefs on Tuesday morning in Auckland. Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, I got a phone call from the courier company based in Dunedin, and I said, please do not tell me my truffles are sitting in Dunedin. So we're based in Christchurch, so instead of going to Auckland, they've gone to Dunedin. And the lovely man there said, I'm very sorry, you say ah. Oh, no. I said, well, I said, they need to be chilled. So he put them in the chiller and then he put them on the aeroplane at 4.30 to go back up to Auckland. That was okay. And I thought, well, those guys have done it, so it's all in the right place. On Thursday morning, I get a phone call from my chef and he goes, Lisa, I still haven't received my truffles. And I'm like going, you've got to be joking. Oh, my God. And, no, he still hadn't received his truffles. He received them late on Thursday afternoon because they had been sitting in a depot in um, Auckland just for fun. So how they got to the chef, they were still fine when they got to the chef, and I just kept saying to the chef, I have to say, Makoto is the most patient chef around. Um, He was just like, no, they're great. Let's carry on. Let's keep going trying to get these truffles to Auckland. So, yes, yeah, so I have to do a shout-out to Makoto in Auckland. Very, very patient in waiting for our truffles to get up to him. But, yeah, no, for what I do here in Christchurch is I pull the truffles out of the ground, I have them cleaned, I have them chilled for five hours, then I put them on the aeroplane on Wednesday at 11.30 in the morning. We get paid at, as soon as they get to the airport. And then they go straight. So they go from the airport straight onto the aeroplane. Then they get up to Auckland. They get repackaged in Auckland again. And then they go from Auckland to their destination where they are personally met straight off the aeroplane there. And then they go distributed straight to the restaurant. Wow, the world of truffles, fascinating stuff. Drusillientruffles.co.nz. Lisa Williams, thank you so much for uh, an insight into the industry. Really, really interesting. And uh, look, I hope we get to talk again soon. Oh, absolutely, Dom. Cool. Thanks so much for your time.